Thanks for joining us on Whatever Wednesday. Stay tuned. Whatever Wednesday, sitting here with Andre, and uh, we're going to talk about something. Andre, what are we going to talk about? Well, uh, I thought you said you wanted to introduce people for oh yeah, I do. True, true. So uh, let's do that again. Uh, that was fun. You're from um, uh, Bethel. (laughs) (laughs) Bethel Baptist Church. You do remember the name of the church. All right, let me see if I can do this. Um, All right, uh, I am talking to Andre Beck. He is the pastor of uh, Bethesda. Baptist Church in Felixstowe, UK, and uh, he blogs at ChristwoodCollective.com. Is that right? No, 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 no. <laughs> oh, no, no, I'm at Christwood Pursuits. Pursuits. Christ- yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is there a Christwood? There's a Christ Collective. Or? <laughs> Christ, I think it's Christwood Collective, yeah. It's a different thing, though. Oh, okay, yeah. It's so, also a confessional So if you go there, blog, if you go there and uh, you see the writing's particularly awesome, then just realize that that is not Andre's blog. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually Christ. No, that's true. That is absolutely true. No, nah, I don't even know. I've never read anything by them, really. So, uh, But ChristwoodPursuits.com, yeah. is that right? That's right. All right, and... Um, you can find out some more about Andre there, and I'm sure there are all links to his sermons and whatnot. But he's a pastor in the UK, as I've said, and, and you can go ahead and um, uh, hopefully you know already to check out the Two Age Sojourner blog to uh, find links to GraceNet, the church that I pastor in Wellington, New Zealand. And, uh, and Two Age Sojourner is the blog itself. And as I told you the other day, Andre, I'm very excited. I got a, I got a call from Gospel Coalition. Yeah. Yes, you did. Big time. Welcome to the big time. Welcome right? to the big time. I'm gonna celebrity Christian pastor status. Man, I mean, when you know, you know, it's happening when Gospel Coalition phones you, right? That's that's not bad. Uh, totally. Yeah, totally. I, I'm I'm enjoying my five seconds of fame uh, until yeah, I write the article. Good. Well, they haven't actually have they actually approved your blog article yet? Though? No, they haven't. So that, that uh, maybe no. I shouldn't count my chickens before they hatch. It could, like Nick it's says, a bit premature. Yeah, and and this might forever ruin every conference I've ever like. I'll never get asked to speak anywhere again after I put this article out because finally people will know what a fraud I am. <laughs> no. So that was the encouragement I got oh, from Mike. Nick. It was great. <laughs> he was just helping me yeah, out with yeah. my performance anxiety, you know. Yeah, yeah. As Nick as Nick answered any of my um. My personal messages to him, by the uh, way. I have highlighted. Has he even that heard them? I, I've highlighted that you that you've put them out there, and um, and he is he, he it did, did pique his interest. I can say that much. And okay. uh, I think, yeah, but not uh, that much to actually listen to the podcast. Yeah, I, th- I think he he might have tried, and I'm not sure how it went. <laughs> um, but he okay. um, he's had a brutal holiday though. Wow, he just uh, man, Has he? Like, yeah, he had, so he was supposed to have some time off, and then and then like got roped back into all sorts of pastoral activities. So it just didn't really oh. happen. So he's um, a bit grumpy now. So don't don't expect too much. Oh man, that. yeah, no, no. Doesn't he have a, you know other elders who can take care of it? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what's going on. Uh, he doesn't invite me to preach at that church because he thinks I'm going to break the church, you know? Yeah, well, you preached in my church, though. And that's that was not, it's me. not broken. And your church is every bit as conservative as Nick's church would be. So, you know? Probably. Probably a bit more conservative. Maybe, maybe. And so there we go, Nick, if you're listening. 
I don't, I'm not a church breaker. Well, I'm is cool. Nick, I'm is, cool. Nick a, is Nick a proper strict Baptist? Like yeah, I mean, he's just in closed membership. So he's in the South Island, and um, they just in general are super conservative down there. Uh, it's very, it's like yeah, a different it's... world from from Wellington in some ways, or you know, even the north. Like you, if you go upwards toward Auckland, it's kind of more normal, you know, in in the sense that you've got a commercial city. Um, it's just a lot of people, but it's it's not very edgy, and you know, Wellington's like next level liberal. So the, people are always worried when anyone's coming from Wellington, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like they're gonna have dyed their eyes green or something. You know, some something weird so, is gonna have happened to them. So yeah. are you like the Driscoll of Wellington, and then he's like the Mark Dever? Is that the kind of situation? Because then you'd be understandably nervous. Yeah, but, but you're not really like Driscoll. So are you? If, I mean, if, you're not even um, charismatic. I like to think of myself more as a Joe Thorne of Wellington. Oh, of, of I, okay. I did. You've just triggered something for me. Yeah. Actually, did you did you trigger? Kind of. Our conversation triggered it. Now, <clears throat> when, I, when I for some reason your blog unsubscribed me. I mean your podcast. So huh. um, I wondered why I wasn't getting any new content. I figured it was just you being on holiday, but. Turns out I wasn't subscribed to your podcast anymore. And turns out I've been working real hard during my holiday without any <laughs> podcasting buddies. Yeah, yeah so, it does seem that way. I just wondered why you weren't talking to me. No, I'm, I haven't got um, a bent towards soliloquy. I like to have conversations. <laughs> I don't even know what soliloquy means. It's like in a I think there's a movie you know? called Soliloquy. Soliloquy is what Hamlet does is when it? he speaks to himself. You know, it's a form of poetry. Is it really? Yeah. I thought that was monologuing. Well, it is kind of monologue. It's just a little bit more internalized and poetic, perhaps. Okay. Anyway, the, the yeah. thing I was going to say was when I was looking at your podcast, it recommended Paul Maxwell's Selfwire podcast. Oh, yeah. Wow. Cool. Now, have you Brilliant. have you um, listened to Oh, this yeah. Stuff? I listen to all of them. Okay. Yeah. So, <laughs> I love it. It's like a shock and awe thing for me. <laughs> Yeah, totally. Well, because I, I was listening to it wasn't one of his podcasts. It was one of the videos. I, does he video his podcasts? He probably does. Yeah, yeah. He, he does. Yeah, um, totally. So then I was watching the video, okay. and he, he had me hooked from the beginning. It was really good. It was about, I mean, it was a really provocative title. It was about why beautiful women can't find husbands in the church. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> okay. Perfect. So, so I had, I just had to. I had yeah. to click. I, it was such good clickbait. So I, I, yeah. I was in there. Yeah. And I was listening to it, and he started so strong. Like I thought, um, yeah, yeah, it's a good point. Yeah, he's talking about all that. The cult, you know, churches do tend to be slightly more favoring towards feminine culture, all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm like, yep, I'm in total agreement with me, agreement with you. But somewhere around about halfway, it started going a bit pear shaped. Like not pear shaped totally, but just like, okay, well, you're being a bit controversial. Not sure if I, if I agree with you. Yeah. Um, and then at the end, I thought the dismount, uh, you know, the kind of punchline yeah. was, it just, yeah, it just went, it went rogue. It sounded like he got more and more angry. It, well, it sounded to me as though he was getting more and more angry as he was speaking, like okay. he had a real chip on his shoulder. And at the end, it's like, um, almost like a justification for beautiful women to find husbands outside of church. That's what it came across as. Okay. Yeah. Um, I don't know if that was in, his intention. It's hard to really interpret it any other way. But I just want, uh, yeah. So I was just curious. Do you, I mean, what you thought of that? Because I've I've heard him on Doctrine and Devotion with, oh yeah, um, yeah, 
Joe Thorne in that. <clears throat> and I thought he was speaking sense there, you know. I, right. He didn't say anything on their podcast that I would, if it, you know, if anything, it seemed to be good. He's just arguing that actually it's pro- it's fine to be a proper masculine man-man yeah. um, and yeah. be a Christian and all that yeah. kind of thing. Um, you know, I, I'm happy with that. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure I'm entirely happy with the way he defines manhood. And I'm not sure that I, or masculinity, right. um, but I, but yeah, it was just, so I wondered if you'd listen to that talk and you know, if you, if you agree with him, right. um, I haven't right listened to, to that yours. one, actually, that would be like almost, I think probably okay. the only one I haven't listened to, um, interestingly okay, enough, but, um, yeah, I mean like <laughs> that guy is so crazy. I just, I'm, I'm almost like, I just, I just love it, man. It's, it's so good. Like I, what I love about it is that he is, um, man, he is so sharp. He's a sharp dude, you know? Uh, I love yeah, the way he, he comes yeah, out. He's he like, comes my name is Dr. Yeah. Paul freaking Maxwell, and I've, uh, th- these are my degrees, <laughs> baby. And I got more degrees than Fahrenheit. <laughs> and, he's just, <laughs> and he's just like, he's just listing them, like Greek and Hebrew from such and such university. You know, got my MD from Westminster freaking seminary, so eat it. And then he's got like a PhD from whatever, some other Ivy League deal. And he's like written a thousand journal things. And I'm like, tw- and he's 21 or something, you know? Um, yeah. And so it just, yeah, totally. It just, I mean, we have been in England too long because like, that kind of thing just doesn't go down well here. Oh, it's and, and, no, well, it, it, I don't during, think it goes down well anywhere. I don't think it goes. It definitely. Yeah. <laughs> that's the point, you know. He's just going like, screw it, um, and he's. Like, I'm. I'm just coming out saying some stuff, and and the thing is, so as, as I get it, like I've. Um, I mean, he's a nice guy. He's a very, 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 very nice guy. Um, what you have know, you met him? I've I've spoken to him. You know, I had interactions with him on Facebook, but um, my main okay. source here is, is Joe, who is a good friend with him. And, um, and, and yeah, <laughs> I remember asking Joe, like, dude, what are we smoking as a guy? And I'm like, what is up with your, your buddy Paul, you know? And he's like, no, he just laughed exactly the same sort of thing. He's like, you know, he, he's a, he's a totally mellow, chill dude. He's just, he isn't, I think one of those intense personalities, but he's just very, very clever. And, uh, he, uh, what he, what he's working to his advantage right now. And I think d- doing just exactly the right thing is um he's uh you know he's not a pastor he he doesn't he doesn't have the those constraints if i could put it that way um he yeah, doesn't have to worry yeah. that he's you know going to offend a particular group that he is directly accountable for he's just putting stuff out there for discernment so like go ahead and discern what i'm saying i'm going to say it forcefully i'm going to say it as well as it, it needs to be said uh it's on you to kind of filter through you know what, what i'm saying um and, uh, and and there's no doubt that part of his gameplay here is to be very very provocative as an ongoing sort of uh, sustained part of the podcast. So, like, well, there's it almost not gets you more hits on your Facebook page. What's but that? I'm not I'm not sure if it's altogether it, it gets you more hits on your on your website. Yeah. But I'm not sure <laughs> if it's altogether a helpful contribution because because it, it's going to force the pendulum to swing the other way in reaction, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, like so. You know, that's us, I suppose, down to his. Like, I probably wouldn't. I haven't got the constitution to handle that stuff, you know. So I, I wouldn't. Yeah. I wouldn't go for it. But I think his his mission is to sort of start interacting with with um, some pretty heavy hitters, and uh, he wants to. You know, he's 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 on a mission to get there. So here's here's basically what I really appreciate about his stuff. Here's where I think he excels. Um, it's almost like 
you know, and I hope if, if he's listening, well, I don't know why he would be, but, you know, if he is, or if, uh, you know, if I was talking to him face to face, let me put it that way, I hope he wouldn't be offended with this. But but I do, I mean this in the best possible way, um, that I feel like he is just the perfect um, guy that you would want as a kind of counselor, life coach, um, gym fitness instructor, motivational guy, you know? Um, yeah. He's just the reason for that is he he knows his theology well and he knows it enough yeah. to play on the nuance and be very confident in it. Even when you disagree with his, you know, where he's cemented himself on the angles, um, he, he, you know, he'll he'll he himself knows exactly what he's doing, which is helpful. And he obviously, for personal reasons or whatever, you know, his big thing is is fitness and he's got his own story there and he's obviously does well. He actually, I did read his book on, um, um, I think, getting fit or something, you know, where he's just got this whole thing where Christians got to stop being fat. <laughs> Every Christian's fat. Why are we all fat? Stop being fat. You know, he's doing his all intense thing. And uh, it, he actually wrote like a whole uh, book on it and it, it's very, very good. It's probably one of the best fitness books I've ever ever read uh, right. very helpful okay. very okay. just boiled down to its essence gets you to the point uh, where you can move forward I know a lot of guys in our church uh, dig his Theofit stuff as well um, but um, so you know on that stuff and just just his encouragement you know on, on the willpower angle is um, incredible he's, he's, he's uh, he taught philosophy so he knows what he's doing with regard to philosophical sort of stuff he uh he did his phd in in uh, post-traumatic stress disorder and theology so he's in that counseling realm you know he knows his psychology right. as well and um he knows yeah. where he can go and where he can't go and i think a lot of what and here's basically my big thing i always listen to him because um i think a lot of people just out of a and this is not me just taking him at face value and just believing what he says, but but I resonate with what he's doing because when he makes a point, he'll push in areas that people don't normally push because they're scared to push there because they don't know enough about that topic. And so in the process, they shortchange themselves. So, for example, this issue of willpower, mm. let's say, you know, as Calvinists, we don't want to step on the sovereignty of God. So we just um, we, we don't want to talk about just pulling yourself up by your bootstraps, you know, because it's just. Uh, you know, what are we doing there? Are we denying our, our Calvinism? And in the process, are shortchanging ourselves of, of something very important in terms of motivation and psychology and stuff that, that makes us tick. And so he, he you know, is exactly where to go there. He explains what he's doing, uh, you know, if, if you want to go check out those those individual podcasts. But, um, and, and he just pushes you, you know, very controversially. And I, I'd say this is what happens to me when I listen to him. Like, I hear this blast. Like, it's like drinking from a fire hose. You know, and um, yeah, and okay. I'll probably yeah. get about like I don't know what happens when you drink from a fire hose. You'll probably get like a one or two mouthfuls of actual water that stay there, but they're good. They're good. Like whoa, I feel refreshed and blasted. <laughs> I feel pr- provoked yeah. enough to to think about this thing again. Like I disagree with him. I don't even know why I'm disagreeing with him. He's why is he shouting at me? Stop shouting at me. You know, uh, <laughs> that whole thing. Like I just come away feeling really energized in the in the process. And so, yeah, I would say just on what you're saying there, though, um, <laughs> like I'm just thinking as well, like the one time we, I don't know what which one this was, but uh, he's like uh, taking it up with um, uh, the Council for Biblical Manhood and Women on, on complementarianism, and he's like, yeah. why would you why would you listen to us to a bunch of woman men? <laughs> 
of what, yeah. well, what says, it means to be that kind of thing all the time i mean I, 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 it's just like i mean that's I'm, just I, uh, for me personally, I find that freaking hilarious. <laughs> Everyone else, it gets, it gets me chuckling. Just, just the fact that this guy's got the gonads to say something like that is good. And then, secondly, you know, then it gets me thinking: like, are they women men? <laughs> like, who are these guys anyway? Like, what's going on with complementarianism? And then I might end up disagreeing with him. But just the the thing has awakened me to to the thought process. Um, but yeah, what I would say just on that point is that. Yeah, and I think perhaps Paul would say the same thing. Like he's not a pastor, kind of coaching you in in in, in something in a gentle way. He's speaking. His whole mission is to speak to himself when he was a, a young man, uh, just right. getting disillusioned with Christianity. Is wanting to straighten himself out and speak forcefully to himself. Obviously, as an intense person, he would want to hear uh, this this you know intense kind of motivational army gig, and that's his whole deal as well. The army thing. He's like all into. Uh, you know all, all the stoic stuff, and um, and so you got to listen with discernment. You've got to you got to have that frame of reference. I think when when um, so I would recommend him. Like I think his stuff on um, for example, actually, you know, this is probably the major thing. So his fitness angle, motivational stuff, willpower, but how that really feeds into something important that is not being said at the moment is his stuff on depression. Um, in fact. If anyone's okay. struggling with depression who's listening to this, I would recommend that you go and listen to Paul Maxwell. Uh, just just filter through his. Go to selfwire.org, um, I think, or doc, it must be .org, uh, and just search depression and then just listen to all that stuff. There's one uh, a particular one that, that he talks about hope for the depressed. Is there any hope for the depressed? And um, man alive, it's, it's just so powerful because he knows what he's talking about and he's bringing a fresh angle, and I think it needs to be said. And uh, all the stuff he's saying, it takes guts to say, and he might be wrong, but it still it still boosts the conversation along, which is uh, which is why I like it. But yeah, I can see how it's not everyone's cup of tea. Well, yeah, I mean, <clears throat> to be fair to him, there are some things I like about what he says as well. You know, it, it, which and it, it's basically um, a little bit like Jordan Peterson. You know, he just he just uses common sense in certain scenarios. Right, so, right, totally. you know, um, so one of the things, he, one of the points he made, which I think is one hundred percent correct, is that um, it's silly for Christian men to say, "Oh, why am I not married yet? I'm such a nice guy. I'm a godly guy. Christian woman should be interested in that." Um, and he's saying, "Well, it doesn't really work that way because just around the corner, there's a really nice godly guy who's also ripped." <laughs> and uh, makes a lot of money. And, so, you know, so yeah. all things being equal, the guy who's making money trumps the guy who isn't. doesn't matter how nice you are. Yeah. Um, you know, if you're both nice guys, the guy who's also a lawyer is going to beat the guy who's, you know, right. uh, not making any money. Yeah. <clears throat> so, totally. like, that, that's just common sense. And the same with, with women. So he was sort of attacking the whole feminist movement thing about, um, you know, they should love me as I am, respect my body as it is kind of thing. It's like, well, if there's a nice Christian girl who's also quite hot, then, um, you know, you can't blame him for going with nice and hot over nice and not hot. You know what I mean? All things being equal, Christians should obviously look for godliness. Yeah. But if godliness is there, there's nothing wrong with going for the other attractive features. And and we do. We do whether we would admit it or or not. Yeah. So... Um, that, that kind of thing is common sense, and I and I agree with it. And I, I, you know, I can understand why some people would be offended by that, but it's not particularly controversial to me. Right. But then he does also say things like, um, you know, and and essentially they're making comments about masculinity. So, you know, he had a real go at pastors, you know, okay. who will kind of have who 
take advantage of this little sphere called the evangelical church where they have authority mm-hmm. and where they can kind of wield that authority over you. But in any other sphere of life, um, you and his exact vocabulary was that, um, you know, it, it's it, to any man, he sees right through that because in any other life situation, he would kick your kick your ass was his. <laughs> totally. Yeah. He thinks, it's so, so like, true well, though, isn't it? I don't know. I feel like well, is it, I don't know. I, I don't think it's true at all because, you know, like I'm pretty sure that in a judo bout, I could take Don Carson out, you know? Right. Um, but I'm also pretty sure that in a Greek exegesis thing, he would take me out fairly comprehensively. So like beat him at what is the, is the question. Right. And so the, and pr- what it ended up sounding like yeah. was if you're a big, <clears throat> strong, fit, weightlifting, bearded, cigar-smoking dude, you mm-hmm. are a man. It was almost like a vote for Trump thing in, in some sense, like ju- a yeah. justification for the crude, manly man who's not ashamed of his crudeness. But I actually... Did you listen you know, to that I, one? I think that's a very... Did you listen yeah. to that one? Which one? When he spoke about the, the, the whole locker room talk Trump thing? No. Oh, <laughs> you have to listen to that one. We can't okay. really even have this conversation until you listen to that one. Well, yeah, but okay, that's the point. So I, I've listened to um, exactly two of his podcasts. Okay. So I'm not exactly an expert on him. Totally. Um, I'm just, I'm just, I, so I'm not really talking about him as much as the content I've heard from him. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, yeah, but I, I just, I just thought it was like supremely unhelpful. So if, you know, the only thing stopping me from saying that it was idiotic, really, mm-hmm. towards the end, again, I agreed to the stuff at the beginning, but he just kind of, um, it's, that he's not an idiot, you know. Like you say, he's 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 clearly a very intellectual man. But as we know, very clever people can say very stupid things. You know, just look at Richard Dawkins. So, okay, um, I don't, I don't, um, yeah, I don't know. I was just curious to see if, if you'd heard that particular one because it was it was it was a bit disturbing. To no, be I'll go listen and to I, it. Yeah, because because also like I, I guess I am part of that man revolution that's taking place. You know. Like, right. you know, I have a beard, I do judo, I, I drink beer and whiskey and smoke cigars occasionally, and I'm I'm not an effeminate sort of person, you know, yeah. you wouldn't, people wouldn't look at me and think, oh, well, I mean, they might think they could take me on the street, but I, 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 I don't think I exude that sort of image. And, um, I, you know, so I, I, on the one hand, I'm not personally offended by what he's saying, because mm. I kind of feel like if, if anything... He's sort of justifying me, mm. but but it comes down to what does it in the in the eyes of God and in the Bible? What mm. does it mean to be a man as God intended? And I and I know that he has this whole complex because the other podcast I listened to, he was talking about masculinity and he was dividing it up into um, maleness, manhood, and masculinity, and he had separate categories for all those things. Um, now, without going into all that kind of detail. Mm-hmm. I'm just talking about, you know, functionally as a Christian, how do I behave as a man? Like what, did, biblically speaking, is required of me as a man mm-hmm. in order to fulfill my manness mm-hmm. in, mm-hmm. in the eyes of God mm-hmm. on the Bible? Mm-hmm. And I just feel like that actually, when you start to think about that biblically, it's a different picture. So mm-hmm. psychologically, um, in terms of general status, uh, uh, oh, sorry, general status, in, you know, psychologically, sociologically, I can kind of understand the point he's trying to make as he's reading stats and he's making points off of statistics. Mm-hmm. Um, but that is not the same thing as saying, I am um, approaching this from what does the Bible teach about manliness? 
and how mm. you know because i you know does a beard make you a man well of course not you know does judo make you a man well of course does you know being able to um being able to smoke a cigar and, and drink bourbon and, and swear with your friends and talk about how hot girls are make you a man. Well, mm. you know, I, I personally find some of that quite disgusting. So, you know, I get it at, 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 at you know, various places I, I go to on the playground, I'm hanging around with the other dads. They start talking about like how much they've been drinking, how hot, the, you know, the, some of the moms are or whatever. And I just mm. personally recoil from, mm. from that kind of thing. And I kind of feel like without saying as much, that way of thinking about manliness might lead you down that line. Mm. You know, yeah, almost no. a self-justification of my – because that's what he said. It's about there should be a place within Christianity for the kind of wildness and the chaos of men. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. my whole thing is that actually, no, 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 the wildness and the chaos needs to be tamed. It's all about self-control, basically. You know, I, <clears throat> mm. So you've got to rein that in. Yeah. A- anyway. Yeah. Okay. No, there's uh, some good thoughts. I mean um, – yeah, I wish I'd listened to it. I'll go check it out. But um, well, th- let me let me ask you, publicly speaking, how would how would you define? Well, um, what makes a man a man? Publicly? Yeah, no, great question, and that is the question. In fact, I got a few thoughts on the lead up to that as well. Um, you know, I I did I didn't listen to that particular one, but um, that that like I said, that one where he talks about Lucker, uh, the the whole Trump yeah. um, kind of thing. Um, where I think it, it it sounds like it might have been more provocative than the one you're talking about, um, <clears throat> but again I haven't okay. I haven't listened to it so but ju- you know I'll I'll go check it out and I'll get back to you, um, but just some thoughts on that one though uh, which I uh, I did work through the um, one. yeah I forgot what it's called I'll have to I'll have to check it out I'll try and put it on the sh- the show notes if anyone's listening, um, but uh, what was I going to say the the whole thing there. Um, as as I was hearing it, just to try to come back to all these things that you, you've mentioned as well, is that the basic the basic ethos is provocative. So what I take by the word provocative is that it, you know every word is kind of almost a little bit over the line to get you thinking, you know, in a in an almost frantic, panicked way as to how you would respond. So that's the kind of benefit of a provocative way of putting something forward. Uh, so definitely that was there. But the other thing is um, the way that he approaches uh, the, the whole locker room talk and and how I took it and how I was um, what I what I was amening. Let me put it that way, is mm-hmm. um, that he's his general thing. And again, this is a, as I understand it. So I could be wrong, could be could be a problem from my side. But um is that you know you've got this evangelical culture at large that has has definitely started leaning it, it's it started capitulating to the age in many ways you know it's it's just um it's it's just going along with with um or it it's started to capitulate to the age but it's also just morphed into its own thing as a result of all its reactionism and and so you've got this this very feminine effeminate culture in general um, that for one or another reason, let's not go into the whole history of why that is, but let's just say, you know, if that is the case, then it, it's going to be that less, less that we, we, we all have to be, you were saying like, you know, uh, is this, is this the biblical definition of man or do we need to like press onto this kind of man? I was not hearing him say so much, this is how all men need to be, but more, um, him saying, you know, because of the culture at large, 
don't there are men like this and they're finding that they they just have no place now i don't think and again I, I was hearing him frequently saying like that's this is not to endorse sin or disgusting talk or anything like that sin is sin and you have to deal with it but there is this um there there is this whole issue of of like um, you know, there, there are different personalities in the church at the end of the day, and especially amongst men. I mean, I know just even on, as I think now, you've got you know very gentle men, uh, you know that that aren't going to go hunting and you know just just gym and as you were talking about, you know the, the cigar smoking kind of rough guys. Those guys are going to behave a certain way and they're going to be interested in certain things. And really, it's it's more just asking a question: Is have we, as a result of the way things have gone, have we excluded them? I think what what Driscoll, it's not excluded, not not as in like we're trying to open up a place for their sin, but have have we excluded the possibility of their personality within a normal evangelical culture? So, like I remember Driscoll, for example, was almost saying the same things as he was saying, accepting, and this is what what I came away with accepting that Driscoll was was doing that very thing he was saying this is the standard of mis- masculinity you know the whole Jesus um, yeah. is the UFC fighter guy that we need to all kind of be in and and, um, and that was his mistake in some ways and I don't want to throw Driscoll under the bus there uh, for no reason but but um, you know and I think Driscoll was doing a good thing in that he he clearly allowed for a whole group of men to come back and just find a place in leadership. And the problem was he pushed it too far and, and he didn't allow for a place of another kind of personality. So I think Paul is not making that mistake, but he, he is uh, angry, I think. I think because he himself is one of, or maybe, did you know. He, did he, yeah. he get excommunicated? Like, was he disappointed? Because it sounds like he was. Oh, really? No, I have no idea. Well, no, no, I'm not saying it's. I'm not saying he said so much. Oh yeah. But when I hear him talk, it sounds like he's like, I took a lot of flack from my pastor, who was just a little weak-wristed man, trying to wield his little sphere of authority over me. When out in the street, I could knock him out. That <clears throat> that's what it sounded like to me. And right. the kind of people who talk like that in, you know, who I've encountered in a local church life are the guys with real uh, problems. Yeah. Fitting yeah. in or yeah. or, f- or following the rules. Totally. You know, yeah, so, right, right, right. Um, yeah, so he could be. I, so I can think of guys who would listen to him and be like, "Amen, brother, preach it." That's why I didn't fit in. Mm-hmm. But from my point of view, uh, the, the reason why they didn't fit in was because they just had no regard for others or for authority or for anything. So they were just bulldozing their way through church life without any regard for the impact it was having on the church or the people, mm-hmm. you know? And mm-hmm. So, you know, and again, does that mean, yeah, I mean, so what's really interesting is he actually talks about Driscoll in the talk that I listened to okay. and he commends him okay. as a, as an example, you know, Driscoll yeah. understood masculinity. Chandler, however, he says is terrible at this. Okay. Um, and to me, Chandler and Driscoll was saying pretty much similar things, but Driscoll was the one getting carried away with it, whereas Chandler was actually more balanced in his critiques. But I don't know either of them particularly well, um, but that would be my general impression. Hmm. Um, I don't know if you'd, you'd agree with that. You know them and, and their teaching better than I do. But, hmm. um, yeah, so it, it may be that that is his ultimate aim, but if you listen to that podcast, mm-hmm. Or to the to, to the podcast that I have listened to, mm-hmm. you don't you don't 
get that so clearly. I think right. it, it may have started, there, there are just too many throwaway insults right. at men who are not gruff. Right. You know, and I, I just think, like, imagine, I mean, think about, think about your, your kids, right? Right. Um, what if your son grows up and he just for inexplicable reasons or for whatever reason ends up being a fairly camp man, you know? A fairly what man? <laughs> camp. What does you know camp what I mean? mean? Don't you know what camp means? Like, Camp's well, like, like a feminine, an effeminate man. Oh, yeah. I thought it meant kitsch. No, like camp, camp means like... Uh, um, yeah, speak slightly with a, a, an effeminate tone. Okay, and, got it. Yeah. Um, sort of their, their mannerisms resemble the mannerisms of women, that kind of thing. Right, right, right. Um, so do you know the comedian Michael McIntyre? Uh, yeah, the blackhead guy. He's camp. Yeah. Uh, he's camp. Yeah. And uh, he insults, he, he, he makes fun of himself for being <laughs> camp, but he's like really camp. Okay. Um, yeah, the funny little British dude. Yeah, yeah, I guess it's hilarious. Okay, now, now let's say, uh, yeah, it, it, there were just too many throwaway comments towards guys like the weak-wristed man or the man who can't fight. And I just don't associate those strong wrists or not fighting with a biblical definition of manhood at all. So even if it's not his overall agenda, it's, it's definitely going to be the byproduct of what he's saying. That it's not only there's a place for these kind of men, but these men are the man men, mm. and everybody else is like a second class man. Yeah. And again, I'm not personally offended by this because mm-hmm. I'm a big guy. Mm-hmm. I'm, you know, I don't, I don't identify with the weak wristed male. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, um, I just I think of of guys I know, um, who are just intellectual giants or giants of godliness or giants of prayer. I, I could take them out very, very easily in a fight. They would just run screaming. They wouldn't fight me. They, would, mm-hmm. they just wouldn't do it, you know. Mm-hmm. But in lots of spheres, they are superior to me in their manliness. And mm-hmm. I just, yeah, I don't know. I just, I, I guess I was a little bit, you know, like if it's silly things, if it's like, you know, you, look, you can't listen to heavy metal music and be in the church. You know, I, I think that is silly. And obviously we have to call that out. But I'm not sure that's necessarily a manliness thing as much as it is a pettiness thing, you know, mm-hmm, just mm-hmm. like, or a neonomist thing. Those things just have no place, you know, in the, or, or in the same way that to say to a, a, a Christian man, you shouldn't wear earrings because that's gay or effeminate. You mm-hmm, know, that, mm-hmm. it's just a, it's a silly argument, don't, mm-hmm, you know. So mm-hmm. just, it, but that isn't so much about what is manly and what isn't. It's just about, um, actually, you're not thinking in biblical categories or or with biblical motivations at all. Mm. So, yeah, I mean, I get, I get what you're saying, and I think you are probably right. I think probably he's fighting his corner for men like himself who have found it really, really hard within evangelicalism mm-hmm. um, to, to kind of fit in. But at the same time, I think that like, look, you're not taking the super provocative approach. You're making your point about... Um, you know, Kleinian theology about kingdom stuff, but you're not doing it by using like massively um, hyperbolic language that is, you know, designed to offend and cause a reaction. And in the balance of things, I mean, in the, in the grand scheme of things, I think that's going to be a far more valuable contribution towards theological enlightenment than if you were just chucking grenades over the fence. So right. I, I don't know. It's it. I'm, I'm suspicious of it. I'm, I'm, maybe I've been in England too long, but I'm very suspicious of it. Yeah, you know, I think I think it's an unhelpful direction to go in to to promote b- 
biblical manliness. Right. Yeah. Well, hey, on that, just because I'm aware we're gonna we're moving into like uh, nearly forty minutes on this, so let me um okay. let, let's let's pause on that one. Great talk though, and uh, just just to round this up, um, go check it out. I'll, I'll try and remember to put the show notes in, but otherwise, just you know, Google Selfie and find your way around. You know what the internet does. Yeah, so the, go. The title of the ep- the title of the thing is why uh, or be- why beautiful women can't find men in the evangelical church it's like very right so don't so don't google you... the beautiful women part just just google <laughs> google paul maxwell and uh you know just just go straight there <laughs> go straight to that website and um and, and then google and then search beautiful women. yeah totally um but go check it out see what you think um uh, as i said like i think paul um you know, good friend of Joe Thorne. Um, I, I would love to actually get him down at some point, but we'll talk more about this in the next episode. Um, and and maybe perfect for Thursday theology, thinking about the theological uh, definition of manliness. So if you're if you're interested in that, stay tuned, uh, and we'll keep talking about this. Um, thanks, bro. Okay, no worries. Thanks for joining us. Bless you. Thanks for joining us at 2H Sojourner Theology Thursday. Ooh, always good to talk about some theology. Stay tuned.